The text that we'll be focusing on this morning, beloved, is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Following the ministry of the word, let's respond by singing hymn 66, the stanzas 1, 2, and 3. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, today is a very special day for yourselves as a congregation, as well as for your new minister of the word, David William Paul. This will be a new phase in your lives together. In his providence, our God has led him to accept a call to serve in your midst. And today we may witness his ordination and pray together for God's blessings on his ministry. The Lord our God is the source of all blessings, and it's fitting for us to acknowledge this at the beginning of the ministry of your new pastor. In our text, the Apostle Paul leads us in words of praise. He begins by talking about who God is, but he doesn't do this in an abstract way. He connects this very directly to our lives. And what does he say? What does he base his words on? Let's listen to him and learn from him. After all, we have reason to praise God. Our text forms the beginning of a long sentence in Greek which extends from verse 3 to 14. It's one long doxology, words of praise to God for the riches of his grace in Jesus Christ. And Paul affirms this repeatedly. Look at the expression, to the praise of the glory of his grace, in verse 6. And Paul repeats this with a slight variation in verse 12, where he writes about the praise of his glory. In verse 14, he talks again about the praise of his glory. And this theme of praise surfaces again and again in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. What makes Paul exalt God in this way? What can we learn from this? We'll take verse 3 as the focal point for the sermon this morning. It begins with the words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word blessed literally means to speak well of. The Apostle Paul is speaking well of God. And he wants us to join in that praise. And so we come to the theme for this morning. Praise God who has blessed us in Christ. And we'll focus on three points. His blessings are from eternity. His blessings affect us now. And his blessings extend to eternity. Praise God who has blessed us in Christ. His blessings are from eternity. They affect us now. And they extend to eternity. The text for this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And some people have questioned whether this letter really was meant for believers in Ephesus. Those of you who have studied Bibles may have seen a note referring to this. And the reason is that some early Greek manuscripts don't include the words in Ephesus 
that you find in verse 1. Most manuscripts, however, indicate that Ephesus was the destination for this letter. And there's no compelling reason to doubt this, since the letter must have had a first address to begin with. The contents of this letter are general. Evidently, Paul didn't find it necessary to address issues unique to the congregation of Ephesus. And this means that his letter would have had would have lent itself very well for circulation to other congregations. And undoubtedly this happened. After all, Ephesus was a harbor city located at the mouth of the Caister River, not far from the Aegean Sea. And Paul presents himself to his readers as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He didn't choose to be an apostle. An apostle is someone who is sent on a mission. He was chosen by God for this through Jesus Christ. And he has a greeting of grace and peace for his readers. Then he writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's how Paul launches into the body of his letter. He wants them to focus on God above all. God is the fountain of all blessings. And Paul refers to him both as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this highlights both the human and divine natures of our Savior. Being fully human, Jesus Christ could refer to God as my God. But the description of God as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ also focuses attention on his divinity. After all, Jesus Christ has a very special relationship to the Father. He is the eternal, natural Son of God. We, however, are children of God by adoption, as Paul points out in verse 5. In His grace, God has drawn us into a special relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. The relationship between God the Father and God the Son has always been there. However, there's also another way in which God can be called the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Son became flesh. Think of the Incarnation. The Holy Spirit came over the Virgin Mary. She conceived and gave birth to Jesus Christ. And this is something we focus on in particular at this time of year as we commemorate the birth of our Savior. But as we do so, remember the eternal relationship between the Father and the Son. In our text, Paul highlights the fact that God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God revealed himself as the Father of our Lord. And this not only happened at the time of the conception of Jesus Christ. Think of what happened about 30 years later when he was baptized in the Jordan River. A voice spoke from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was an affirmation of a very special bond. 
Think also of when Jesus was on a mountain together with Peter, James, and John. We read in Matthew 17 that he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. And Matthew informs us that a bright cloud overshadowed the disciples, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Any blessings that we receive from God come to us in Christ, as Paul reminds us in our text. He paid the price for them. Sent by the Father, the Son of God humbled himself by coming into this world to be our Savior. He lived in perfect obedience to God and died to atone for our sins on the cross. That's how he has become a source of blessings for us. And such grace, beloved, is amazing. Why would God send his beloved son into this world for you and me? Simply because he chose to do so. It's evidence of his grace. God's love is unfathomable. The more we reflect on it, the more this should lead us to praise God. And God is worthy of such praise. Paul makes this clear in such a way that he calls us to join in honoring God. He includes his readers when he states that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And the root of God's plan for blessing us goes back to before the world began. Paul writes about that in verse 4, making it clearer yet why we should praise God. He chose us in him, that is Christ, before the creation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Think about that. Paul is talking about the doctrine of election. God chose us. That's what the doctrine of election is about. We can't understand Ephesians chapter 1 without coming to grips with this truth. Election is not about us choosing God. It's about God choosing us. And Paul makes it clear that God's choice underlies any positive choices that we make regarding God. And if we understand this and take it to heart, we will see reason to praise God. His love comes to us in the form of grace. And by definition, grace is a free gift. We don't earn it. We receive it with thanksgiving, learning to focus on God and on his love which comes to us in Christ. And when did God choose us? Before the world was even created. That's when his decision to bless you took place. God knew about you and me personally before this world in which we live even existed. 
That's an amazing, humbling fact. The blessings God gives us in Christ are from eternity. They're part of plans that God made before time as we know it began. You may feel small, insignificant, and unworthy. But as you entrust yourself to your Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ, His Son, know this. God's infinite love preceded your existence and He knew you before you were born. You are precious in His sight. In our text, Paul praises God for blessing us. God's blessings are from eternity. But they affect us here and now in our lives. How does that happen? This brings us to our second point. How do God's blessings come to us? They come to us through God speaking. You can even see where our text speaks of God having blessed us. This blessing involves speaking. When God speaks in a favorable way, his words have a powerful, positive impact. When he blesses, his words become a reality in our lives. We benefit from them. Think of the gospel as you will hear it proclaimed to you by your new minister. This good news is composed of words. Words that are powerful. The word of God, the good news of salvation that is preached, has divine power. The Apostle Paul speaks of this in Romans 1 verse 16 where he writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. God is the author of faith. And he brings it about by inscribing his word in our hearts by the power of the Spirit. And as a result, we believe and are saved. And this salvation is not something we have earned. It's not something we can ever pay for either after having received it. We can only receive it with thanksgiving and praise God for such a blessing. And God brings his salvation to you through the preaching of the gospel. Ministers of the word are instruments in his hands. Listen carefully to the promise of forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ. God himself declares that you are forgiven, righteous, when you have embraced this promise of the gospel, placing your trust in the Son of God as your Savior and Lord. And when you've done that, you have reason to praise God for his grace. And you can do it using the words of our text. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
What blessings do we receive in Christ? Usually people answer, we receive the forgiveness of sins. We may stand before God as his adopted children. Does it stop at this or is there more? There is more. God wants to renew our lives. And how does the renewal of our lives take place? By the power of the Word and Spirit of God. He grants growth in the knowledge of faith. He teaches us how to put faith into practice. One of the blessings available to us in Christ is that we may ask for insight and for the wisdom that we need. Ask for this regularly. Pray this for yourselves, but also for your new minister. It's one thing to know in a general sense what God's will is. Knowing how to put this into practice individually and together as a congregation to praise God can be quite another matter. And even knowing what God wants us to do in specific circumstances is not always enough. Next to insight and wisdom, we also need the strength to do what God wants us to do. Pray for this. God willingly gives such blessings in Christ. And the words in Christ in our text are worth reflecting on. They remind us of the relationship that we have with our Lord. But don't take this in an individualistic way. Salvation is not only about Jesus and you. It's about Jesus Christ and you as members of his church. The words our and us in our text remind us of this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We share in God's blessings together as members of the church of Jesus Christ. And God has made Jesus Christ our Lord. From time to time, it's appropriate to remind each other of that. There's a closeness that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to him and owe him our allegiance. Our bond with him also binds us together. And the word Lord, however, also gives us food for thought and self-examination. Do you truly acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord? Do you see this as part of the blessing that God gives you? Or have you been refusing it, resisting God's will for your life? Within our relationship with Jesus Christ, we receive his instructions and his commands. And they shape our lives, giving us direction. Without the revelation of his will, we wouldn't know how to live. Brothers and sisters, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to our Lord, 
Jesus Christ. And that's both a privilege and a responsibility. Don't live for yourself. Live for the one who has made us his own. And if we don't truly acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord, we have a serious problem. Then the bond that should be a channel of blessings to us won't function as it's meant to. Our bond with him can even be called into question. After all, the blessings we receive in Christ should become visible in the course of our lives. In verse 1, Paul addresses his readers as saints, holy people. Saints. The word also applies to us. We are saints, brothers and sisters. And this is not a statement about our disposition. It's not a description of how we are by nature. God has given us a special position placing us in relationship with him. We call that relationship the covenant. God has set us apart from this world. He has given us the gift of faith. He has consecrated us to his service. And as God's work continues in our lives, our special position will have an impact on our disposition. That means it will have an impact on who we are and how we act. Those who are holy by virtue of their calling will become more and more holy as they respond to their calling. They become faithful to Jesus Christ, honoring him as Lord. That's God's purpose. It's a goal that he wants to achieve in us. Some people think that salvation depends on what we do. In this view, right living is what leads to salvation. They turn things upside down. It's not right living that leads to salvation. Salvation leads to right living. Paul confirms this right after our text. He writes that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God has chosen to save sinners. He has chosen to justify them. In other words, he has chosen to forgive people like you and me our sins, granting us righteousness in Christ. These are spiritual blessings we receive in Christ. But there's more that can be said in the light of our text. God not only places us in the right relationship with him in Christ, he also wants us to function and blossom within that relationship. He wants us to be truly dedicated to living for him as people who are holy and without blame. And that process begins in this life. In Christ our Lord, we receive everything we need to live for God. As Paul puts it in our text, God blesses us with every spiritual blessing in 
Christ. Nothing that we need is missing. He renews us by the power of His Word and Spirit. He gives us what we need for our souls and our bodies to serve Him. All of God's blessings, whether for body or soul, are spiritual blessings. They equip us for spiritual service, which involves our bodies and souls. Praise God for the wonders of His grace. God has blessed us in the heavenly places, says Paul. In heaven where he reigns as king, he speaks and his words have powerful effects. The blessings we receive are glorious. Our heavenly father gives us so much to be thankful for from day to day. Think of things like life and health, food and drink and strength in his service. Think of the support of the communion of saints in times of difficulties. We're not always healthy. Things don't always go well with us. But there is the support that the Lord gives us. A blessing from above. Encouraging words or material help. Think of joyful times such as a birth, an anniversary, or a graduation. Think also of today another blessing from above as you receive a new minister of the word. These are blessings that come to us in Christ. Further on in Ephesians 4, the verses 11 to 12, the Apostle Paul elaborates on gifts that come to to us from our ascended Lord. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Your new minister is one of the gifts of our Lord to you as a congregation. It will be his task to equip you for ministering to each other as members of the body of Christ. And that is also part of the process of becoming equipped for service as a congregation in the world around us. Acknowledge God as the giver of all good gifts. Never become so preoccupied with God's good gifts that you lose sight of Him as the giver. That would be very foolish. Thank and praise Him for what He does for you. And use His gifts to honor Him. Praise God who has blessed us in Christ. His blessings are from eternity. They affect us now. And they also extend to eternity. This is our third point. The blessings we receive in Christ have been planned by God from eternity. We receive them in this life. It's a life in fellowship with God. But it doesn't end when we die. 
God's blessings are intended to be given fully after this life. And keeping this in mind should help us to have a heavenward focus in our lives. Don't become preoccupied with the things of this world. Don't regard health, strength, status, popularity, or earthly possessions as the true source of happiness. These are all passing things. Health doesn't last indefinitely. The body you have now won't be strong forever. When you die, what will status, popularity, or earthly possessions be worth? Let what is most important in the long run help you to develop the right perspective on your daily life now. Live in fellowship with God. Live as his children, praising him as God and Father. By the grace of God, we have every blessing that we need in Christ. You may not have enough to fulfill every earthly desire, but you may trust that in Christ, God will provide you with more than enough to prepare you for an eternity with him. And such riches are beyond our imagination. In Christ, our inheritance is certain. Treasure this knowledge in your heart. Live accordingly. Then you will live to the praise of God, now and forever. Amen.